Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul White. It is the ninth day of May. We start a brand new week today. It's Monday, and I hope that you are off to a good start. I pray the blessings in favor of God in what you do this week, and that doesn't mean some starched, um, clean, no-mess Christianity. It could mean wrestling and getting your hands dirty and sometimes doubting and riding a roller coaster of emotions, but knowing that you are the redeemed, that resurrection reality is yours, and that you are in Christ. That is the beauty of this journey, not safety and security. And so for all of those of you whose weeks are already off to a rocky start, may you be encouraged. May you know that he never leaves you nor forsakes you, and you are in very good company. Uh, I don't know where that came from, just uh, a little thought that I have as we get this week started. We are in 1 Timothy, and we are in the first chapter, and as we promised yesterday, we're going to deal with Paul's interesting statement that the law is good if you use it lawfully, and I will start where I stopped yesterday, and that's to say that the law is not only good if it's used lawfully, the law is good Paul said as much in Romans 7 that it's just and that it's holy and that it's good. But in his Romans 7 argument about the law, he argued that the law, which was intended to bring life, only brought him death. In other words, we look at the law or a Jew in his day and in the generations preceding him might have looked at the law as being representative of who God is and yet completely incapable, each person completely incapable of keeping that law to its perfection, and therefore that law hung over their heads as the unattainable. And that's what happens to any law that becomes the standard for your rightness or your righteousness, because the moment that you fail to keep that standard, you fail to keep your righteousness. And if righteousness is your goal, then you have failed in keeping your goal, and that which was meant to be life to you has become death to you. But in 1 Timothy 1.8, Paul says, Now we know that the law is good if one uses it legitimately, is what the NRSV says. The ESV says, if one uses it lawfully. And then he describes this. This means understanding that the law is laid down not for the innocent, but for the lawless and disobedient for the godless and the sinful, for the unholy and the profane, and then et cetera, et cetera. And I'll get into the et cetera, et cetera in the, today and tomorrow. Let's start where Paul starts. The law is good if we use it for its legitimate purposes. And that begs the question, what are the legitimate purposes? Well, he, he starts to lay out that it was laid down for the, not for the just, but for the lawless and the disobedient. But I think that's actually a separate argument. That's showing us Uh, why we needed the law uh, in relation to our neighbor. Let's talk about the fact that you can use the law lawfully or use the law legitimately. The law shows us a couple of things in theological terms. One, it shows us the nature of God's love. Because if you notice, the law is always concentrated on keeping you off your neighbor's back, off his property, out of his stuff, keep you from breaching covenant with him both verbally 
and intimately and personally and economically. It's the ultimate hedge of protection in regards to how you should treat your neighbor and yet people were breaking it all the time because that's what we do. So the lawful use of the law in Hebrew terms was in was staying off your neighbor's back, quite frankly. The law became to Israel a standard for righteousness. Paul would write that in Romans 9, that Israel would attempt to be righteous by the keeping of the law. And he said, Gentiles who did not approach it, the law, but through performance, except through faith, were counted righteous because they didn't approach it through anything but faith. And Paul's saying basically that if my Jewish brothers had only understood that the law wasn't meant to make them righteous, then they would have just believed for righteousness. Therefore, that le- you take all of Paul's argument and put it together. The law can never be considered lawfully used when it's being used to establish righteousness. So if you put a set of parameters in front of people, a performance set, call it the Ten Commandments, call it anything you want to. Don't call it the Ten Commandments. Call it, here's the stuff that is, this is what makes you a real Christian. Call it that. Whatever you want to call it, once you put that out there as what must be done in order to please God, be blessed by God, anointed by God, righteous in the eyes of God, go to heaven, whatever, You've now taken that which was to instruct us on how to live and you've made it the benchmark for self-worth. And therefore, you're using the law unlawfully. And so if the law tells me not to murder, it's telling me that so that my neighbor doesn't have to fear being murdered. He has the right to life. I don't have the right to take his life. The law tells me that. But if I don't murder and I take my non-murdering ways before God and say, I must be a good guy because I don't murder, (laughs) and therefore you must bless me and prosper me because I didn't murder, I have taken the law and used it unlawfully. What has happened is I realize that we're not legalists in the sense that we don't We don't bring the law before people in the church and say, okay, you're new to our church. Let me tell you how to get saved, quote unquote, get saved, is you have to keep this set of laws. We don't do that. We're way more subtle than that. What we do is we introduce people to salvation by faith in Christ, confess Jesus, confess your sins, accept Jesus, make him the Lord of your life. We make that almost a very private thing too, by the way. That's something you can do internally. Nobody really has to know. Maybe your public baptism shows them. And then, in order to qualify as having really got saved, did you really get saved? Then we put this set of rules and standards and lists up, and we either ostracize you if you don't keep them, or we preach conviction and condemnation to you if you don't keep them, or a combination of both, all of that and tell you that you're disqualified from favor, the church is going to miss revival, you are under God's condemnation, and all of it has nothing to do with you confessing Christ and accepting Jesus. 
It has to do with you haven't been living up to the standards. You haven't been following the rules, and the rules are what make you saved. That is using the law unlawfully. That is using the law to condemn and to bind. And when I began to preach grace as a as the fundamental benchmark of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that was late in ministry. I was halfway through my ministry um, compared to today. I've literally been preaching this now for half my ministry. But when I really began to focus on that, it feels like I preached what I just said to you in six or eight minutes. I preached it all the time, constantly. But I had to because I had to reframe everything that I'd ever thought because I had spent so much time building this fortress of performance that I held up before God as if it were an offering. And it was a faithless offering. It was a performance offering. It was Cain's offering because I didn't offer it in faith. I offered it in, in self. Now, I want to break down tomorrow. We're going to break down that ninth verse about those ninth and tenth verse and all those who need the law. Why? Why does Paul do that? We'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow. See you then. God bless.